as I said, today our scripture is uh, the, one, the first creation story uh, in scripture. There, there are two. There's one in Genesis 1 and Genesis 2. But the lectionary gives us the whole chapter of Genesis. And it's so good we couldn't cut any out of it. So we're going to break it into two readings. And Patrick uh, and the, our director of family ministries and the children, they'll, they'll lead us in the first uh, during children's time. So uh, this time is especially for June and Everett and Anders and Cece and Paula and Luca and Nico and Mateo and Cecilia and Evan and Isaac and Frank and Gwen and Charlotte and Elle and Ashley and Nate and Theo for every child out there and for everyone who is a child at heart. Patrick? Uh, thanks, Reverend Scott. Friends, we haven't got to say hello to our friend Sophia in a while, so I thought Sophia would say hey. Sophia is working on passing the piece, um, but, you know, not having fingers kind of makes that a little difficult. Um, but still, she says, peace be with you, and also with you. Uh, friends, we have a... a um, a wonderful story. It's one of my favorite stories because it's just so good. And it kind of, um, it helps us give meaning to how things started here on this world. Uh, and uh, we're going to read it together today. We've done this before and we've read this story many times in our Godly Play class. But I'm reminded that every time I read a story, every time I read one of our, one of our sacred stories from our Bible, there's always something new for us to learn from it. So even though this may be starting to be a more familiar story, which I'm so excited about that you're starting to learn some of the story, um, there's still something new for us to learn from it every single time. So we are gonna read the story and we've got some really cool animations that are gonna help us visualize what's happening in our story. So speaking of, let me get that all set up and ready to go and correct boxes checked and all those kinds of good things uh, because we've got just an incredible story to share. Okay, give me, give me a thumbs up if you hear just a little bit of music going on in the background. This is, this is my good check. Okay, great. Oh, friends. All right. Make sure you've got your listening ears turned on and that you are engaged and ready to hear God's word. Let's begin. In the beginning, when God created the heavens and the earth, the earth was a formless void and darkness covered the face of the deep, while a wind from God swept over the face of the waters. Then God said, let there be light, and there was light. And God saw that the light was good. God separated the light from the uh, darkness. God called the light day, and the darkness God called night. And there was evening, and there was morning the first day. And God said, let there be a dome in the midst of the waters, and let it separate the waters from the waters. So God made the dome and separated the waters that were under the dome from the waters that were above the dome. And it was so. God called the dome to die. There was 
there was warning the second day. And God said, let the waters under the sky be gathered together into one place and let the dry land appear. And it was so. God called the dry land earth and the waters that were gathered together he called sea. And God saw that it was good. Then God said, let the earth put forth vegetation, plants yielding seed, and fruit trees of every kind on earth that bear fruit with the seed in it. And it was so. The earth brought forth vegetation, plants yielding seed of every kind, and trees of every kind bearing fruit with the seed in it. And God saw that it was good, and there was evening, and there was morning the third day. And God said, let there be lights in the dome of the sky to separate the day from the night, and let them be for signs and seasons and for days and years. And let them be lights in the dome of the sky to give light upon the earth. And it was so. God made the two great lights, the greater light to rule the day and the lesser light to rule the night and the stars. God set them in the dome of the sky to give light upon the earth, to rule over the day and over the night and to separate the light from the darkness. And God saw that it was good. And there was evening and there was morning the fourth day. And God said, let the waters bring forth swarms of living creatures and let birds fly above the earth across the dome of the sky. So God created the great sea monsters and every living creature that moves of every kind with which the waters swarm and every winged bird of every kind. And God saw that it was good. God blessed them saying, be fruitful and multiply and fill the waters in the seas and let birds multiply on the earth. And there was evening and there was morning the fifth day. And God said, let the earth bring forth living creatures of every kind, cattle, and creeping things and wild animals of the earth of every kind. And it was so. God made the wild animals of the earth of every kind and the cattle of every kind and everything that creeps upon the earth of every kind. And God saw that it was good. And my friends, it was good. It was good. Ah, how incredible. Such a great, wonderful story. All right, friends, let us say our pretzel prayer. Here we go. God, I love you. I love you. Help me to love others. Help me to love others. The way that you love me. The way that you love us. Amen. Amen. All right, Reverend Scott, back over to you. Thank you, Patrick. Our scripture picks up in the middle of the sixth day. Then God said, let us make humankind in our image 
according to our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the birds of the air, and over the cattle, and over all the wild animals of the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps upon the earth. So God created humankind in their image. In the image of God, God created them. Male, female, people of all genders, God created them. God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the air and over every living thing that moves upon the earth. God said, see, I have given you every plant yielding seed that is upon the face of all the earth and every tree with seed in its fruit. You shall have them for food. And to every beast of the earth and to every bird of the air and to everything that creeps on the earth, everything that has the breath of life, I have given every green plant for food, and it was so. God saw everything that God had made, and indeed, it was very good. And there was evening, and there was morning, the sixth day. Thus, the heavens and the earth were finished in all their multitude, and on the seventh day, God finished the work that God had done, and God rested on the seventh day from all. God's work. So God blessed the seventh day and hallowed it because on it God rested from all the work that God had done in creating. These are the generations of the heavens and the earth when they were created. We celebrate the written word of Scripture. Thanks be to God. We celebrate the living word, Christ among us. Thanks be to God. Please pray with me. Creating God, you have created everything that is. You have created us. You have created this day for our living. Create in us new and clean hearts. Create in us a living word that we can embody to bless the world you love. Amen. It's easy to think of this story as perhaps the oldest story in the Bible. It feels ancient. It speaks of a time that is almost before time, back long before these days, back through the centuries, back long before modern times, back through the millennia, back long before even ancient times, all the way back to the beginnings. In the beginning, in God's creating, God created the heavens and the earth. But it's not the oldest story that we have in the Bible. It's not the earliest bit of the story that the people told of the lives they lived and of the God they knew. Scholars think that the oldest fragment of the story that we have in the Bible, voiced long before Genesis 1, is a song. It's come to be known as the song of Miriam, Moses' sister. I will sing to God, for God has triumphed gloriously the horse and the rider God has thrown into the sea. The earliest story we have, the very first, is a song about how God saves God's people when they need God most. When the powers of the world are about to take their lives and their families, God shows up. And the horse and the rider, the oppressor, God has thrown into the sea. Who knows when they first sang that song of deliverance long ago in some time of dire need, millennia ago. 
They sang it and they kept singing it again and again when times were hard. Remember, God comes and saves us from everything that will do us harm again and again. They sang the song and they wrote it down. It became part of the Exodus story and then part of the Passover story that they would tell their children year after year. They sang it when armies descended. They sang it through famine and plague when empires rolled through as they kept telling their story, even when the Babylonian Empire came and turned Jerusalem into rubble and took them into captivity. Then all those years later, as they sat in captivity in Babylon, as they wept singing their songs of home, they were wrote down what we have as Genesis 1. They had no land, no temple, none of the markers they had always relied on to make meaning of their world. In their deep need, in their need to reorder and to reimagine and to re-understand their world, this is the story they told. This is our God from the very beginning, the God who created everything that is. From the very beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. When all was in chaos, God said, let there be light, and there was light, and God saw that it was good. God put a big protective tent over the earth, what we call sky, to keep the waters of the heavens at bay, because that's how they saw the world. They saw it as this dome. Um, we, with, there was land with the chaos of waters all around it, and then there were the chaos of the heavens. But, but God put this dome, uh, but they felt like as if the sky would crash in at any moment if that, if that dome wasn't there. This God made the sky and the stars and the moon and the sun, dry land, seas teeming with fish, birds soaring in the air, plants, trees, animals. This God created all this and said, this is good. This God, this God created us. This God created us in God's own image. And that's really where I want us to enter into the story this morning, at the heart of the story, and then work our way out. And so God created humankind in God's image. Oh, I think somebody's sharing by mistake. Hold on one second, let me. Let's just pause for one second, I'll get this. Okay, there we go. And what do we say? Grace abounds. So let's go back to the creation story of this God who created us in God's own image. Um, God created humankind in God's image. In the image of God, God created them <clears throat> in their world of trouble and chaos and strife. In our world, of trouble, chaos, and strife, that one sentence affirms something remarkable. We are made in the image of God. In the Hebrew, it's Betzalim Elohim. Betzalim Elohim, the image of God, each and every one of us at its heart. This story affirms what one scholar has described as the universal worth of all humanity, the dignity of each person. It's a word for every one of us who has ever been told that we are somehow less than. 
It is an imperative for how we are to see every person with whom we inhabit the world. We are created in the image of God. I am created in the image of God. You are created in the image of God. Everyone we meet, every moment of every day, everyone in the whole wide world, each of us is created in the image of God. Standing there, standing here, at the heart of this story, we have to ask, well then, who is this God in whose image we are created? And what we see in this story, cascading verse after verse, is a creating God. That is who God is, day in and day out. It was morning and it was evening the next day. And God said, let there be, and there was, and it was good. We are created in the image of a creating God. God's creative power has shaped our being and God's creative power is embedded deep in our bones. This creating God isn't a God who creates all on their own. What we see in the story is a God who creates in community. God says, let us make humankind in our image as if God and all the heavens are creating together all the earth. And then God invites the creation to join in the creating. Let the earth bring forth vegetation. Let the plants bring forth fruit and seeds. Let the waters bring forth living creatures. Let the plants and the animals and the humans be fruitful and multiply. Made in the image of a creating God, we are invited to become a creating and a recreating community together with each other and with all creation. And in all this, this God in whose image we are created looks on all that God is creating and affirms again and again, oh, this is good. Everything that God creates and sees, God loves. Made in the image of that God, we're then invited to share in God's love and in God's creating power. The text says that we're given dominion over plants and animals, but that's not dominion in the sense of domination. Hear me again, that's not dominion in the, sense of in the sense of domination. It's not free license to plunder the earth to do what we will. As Terence Fretham points out, that command must be understood in the terms of caregiving and nurturing, not exploitation. As the image of God, human beings must relate to non-human beings, the rest of the world as God relates to us. Made in the image of God, we are empowered to create, but very specifically to create in a world of mutuality, to create for the good of the world, to create for life. For centuries, the people sang of a liberating God, a God more powerful than every power. As they sat in captivity, they could affirm in Genesis 1 truths that are timeless. They could affirm a God who created all that is and who loves us still so they could look up and see a sky holding back the waters of chaos. At the end of a weary day, they could look up into the night sky and see the lights that God had set there. And there was evening and there was morning the next day. They could rest in the calm and dark of night, knowing that as surely as day follows night, God would bring the sun up again. This God would never stop creating, never stop saving, and never stop calling this troubled world somehow good. In the Africana Bible, biblical scholar Rodney Sadler describes it like this. 
Genesis introduces us to an awesome God who holds a good world in loving hands. Genesis introduces us to an awesome God who holds a good world in loving hands. Genesis provides a context to understand God's control and power in spite of, in spite of all the horrors that we see. In Genesis 1 and in the stories that follow, we see and come to know a God who creates and loves all that is. A God who liberates those whose backs are up against a wall. A God who seeks us out in every place of exile and brings us back home. A God who keeps on creating and repairing and recreating a world whose goodness is planted more deeply than all that is wrong. Genesis 1 tells us that we are created in the image of this God, invited into this creating, saving, repairing work. These folks who wrote this story down, we live in a world no less troubled than theirs. We live in a world of pandemic as the whole world suffers together the wounding of disease and death. And this pandemic exacerbates the inequalities that already exist in our world, the injustices of the world laid bare. We live in a world where systemic racism continues to be laid bare again and again by violence that takes black lives. During Lent, we gathered around the theme of healing. In the desert, a healing spring. We named the harms in the world and how in Jesus Christ we find our way to healing. During Easter, we gathered around the theme, life behind closed doors. We have looked at ways we discover resurrection life even in a world that tries to keep us apart from each other. This summer, We'll continue to hold all that, the continuing pain of the world, the continuing need for healing, resurrection life, always at the ready, and we'll embrace our summer worship theme, Together We Create, as we explore together the creating power and possibility and responsibility that comes with being made in the image of God. Now, this isn't our first word about how we are created to create. About a month ago, we talked about the communitarian imagination to envision and create new and just ways of living together. In that story from the first chapters of Acts, you know, remember where the community gathered and they shared what they have and gave to each person as they has need? We talked about the yes and of improvisation, about how we say yes to the world as we find it, even if it is a world we did not choose. And then we say yes yes to a new and a better future. As I reported in a churchwide email, the session is creating a moving forward together leadership team to help this community envision how we move forward through pandemic and beyond in worship, in serving the world God loves, in connection. Think of everything we've already created. This community, that this community that reaches more broadly than we had ever imagined in January or February, how do we hold on to the things that matter most to our life of faith and continue to create and expand the welcome of this community? In her book on, on God, Improvisation, and the Art of Living, Marianne McKibben Dana tells the story of a church that had some graffiti painted on their walls. They could have done what they always did and paint over it or whitewash over it, 
but instead someone had the idea to paint a mural, a mural that incorporated the graffiti artist's work into their own. They said yes to the world as they found it, and they created something new and honoring and beautiful. We've also talked about another tool of God's creating power back in January when we talked about the prophetic imagination. We looked at that text from the prophet Amos, let justice roll down like the waters. And we noted that this isn't a placid sparkling stream. Those waters were rolling down to clear out and wash away every system of injustice. Prophetic imagination acknowledges that sometimes the work of creating first requires the dismantling of something that needs to go. Something that needs to go so that all can live free. As we continue through pandemic, we're also confronting the systemic racism that has plagued our nation from the beginning. Last week, I joined a protest organized by folks in Marin City, and I helped organize the car caravan that was sponsored by Marin Surge, both with social distancing. And at those protests, I saw signs that said defund the police. And I've got to admit, that concept is entirely new to me. So I've been doing my reading to understand what folks mean when they say that. And one thing I found so far is that there is a range of meaning when folks use that phrase, but what lies at the heart of it all is this sense that is settling in that nibbling at the edges of these systems isn't enough. People are dying. What's needed to address racialized police brutality and, and every entrenched system of racial injustice is systemic reform. The dismantling of systems that are allowing this to happen, systems that were built to allow this to happen. Figuring this out and rolling up our sleeves to understand, to repent, and to do, that's our creating work too. This year has brought us pandemic. It's laid bare again our systemic racism. It has set in motion economic changes that we can't yet fathom. And it has also opened up in all this mess a season of creating. Think of all the things that communities here and around the world have created just this year. Entirely new patterns for living that try our best to protect each other against pandemic. The sewing of masks new ways of activism from behind closed doors that sometimes spill out into the streets. Think of the protests around the world that are creating a new awareness of an old and too long enduring injustice. Our something to do in these days is to recreate with God a world that pulses for the well-being of all people, of all creation, a world where everyone can live free. The story that we find in Genesis 1, it's not the oldest story in the Bible, but when they came to write their stories down, it is the one that they put first. In a world where they had known slavery and violence and oppression and famine and plague, they said this, in the beginning of all things, God created all that is. God said that this is good and God has never left us and God never will. God is present with us still, creating and saving us from everything that does us harm, inviting us, inviting us into this creating 
loving work made in the image of this creating, loving God together. Together we create. And let's affirm that. Let's affirm that together in words that come to us from the Iona community uh, and that say something about who we are made in God's image. And I invite you to join me in this affirmation. With the whole church, we affirm that we are made in God's image, befriended by Christ, empowered by the Spirit. With people everywhere, we affirm God's goodness at the heart of humanity, planted more deeply than all that is wrong. With all creation, we celebrate the miracle and wonder of life, the unfolding purposes of God, forever at work in ourselves and in the world. And all God's people said, Amen.